Welcome to another edition of Brews and Cruise. I am your host, Chris Jacobson, and I have maybe one of the most highly anticipated guests here. Justin Edwards stopped by the Speakeasy studio. He's been mentioned in multiple different episodes up until this moment, and he has brought us a whole bunch of goodies. Justin, yes. welcome to the cast. Well, thank you for having me. So Good. what do we got here? You brought some crazy things along here. Yeah. Uh, and so it, the amount of liquor that I have brought across <laughs> state borders could technically be considered bootlegging. So, All right. Uh, we're pulling some Smokey and the Bandit stuff right now. But nobody suspected you coming to Kia, did they? No, no. The, okay, the Kia good, good, good. Is, is so under the radar that... Uh, yeah, you snuck motorcycles. by. Yeah, motorcycle drove by. If you heard that, hey, we are recording at a real garage, like I've said before. So if you hear noises, it's just natural. All right. So, anyways, Justin and I, we are big into the craft beers, and we will get into much, much, much more of that as we get going. But he has brought up some items, beers that I've never heard of uh, because you came up from Iowa, from Dubuque, mm -hmm. and I've never been to any of the breweries down there. So what what's this first one that we're having? So the first one here is going to be from the brewery uh, Jubeck. Jubeck. Uh, and that would, I'm assuming, be a hint to um, Julian Dubuque, okay. um, the founder of Dubuque. Okay, the, that makes sense. It then. may not be. If, if not, don't <laughs> hold me accountable. That's what I would figure it would be. Uh, if I'm right here, I believe they were the first brewery in Dubuque, actually, the first craft brewery. Okay. Uh, there's other breweries. Uh, there's actually a really famous, like, old-timey brewery. Um, I think it's called Star Brewery. Is it still there? It's still there, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, I've, it's, it's a really popular place for getting photos done along the Riverwalk uh, gotcha, in gotcha. Dubuque. Um, and uh, either way, this was like one of the first craft breweries. Uh, it was, they've been around since 2014. It's their 10 year anniversary. So, okay, um, gotcha. We are going to be experiencing something that I've never personally had before. It is their OG IPA. Okay, and this just means original gangster or what? Pretty much. Oh, so, no, I like that. From what I'm gathering here, and we can look at the bottle. Yeah, well, it's. These bottles look pretty fancy. They are pretty fancy bottles. So, And it is from barrel number one. At least mine is. What's yours? Mine's also from barrel number one. All right. And it says bottled, and it looks like they got some Greek letters on there. M yes. M X X one. This looks like the Super 2003, Bowl. 2003, it looks like. Is that what that stands for? 2023. So two, this is from last year. Okay. Looks like some Super Bowl numbers here. Yeah. Once so we get your, through your Roman numerals. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, we'll just read off the bottle. Uh, sure. With this beer, we attempt to recreate what an original Indian or India pale ale would have been like. We brewed it with an English heritage malt and barrel aged it with a whole cone hops and wild yeast. Wow. So This looks fancy. When I read about this one online, uh, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to bring up to sample the greater Dubuque Brewery uh, selection options that we have. Uh, this one caught my eye because I thought that trying something that is a, a, a recreation of an original brewing style, I mean, we're having like a medieval-esque IPA. That sounds like uh, my brother-in-law Mark would like some medieval type stuff. Yeah, he's he's big into that mead. The mead, yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we got a wax top on this. And everything. A wax top. I think that we're gonna have to use the bottle opener to get this off. But let's, yeah, well, let's let's dive in here. Start opening. This is, this um, is the most. Uh, 
So I guess my first question while you're opening, was this somewhat expensive? This is $14 a bottle. So a little bit on the higher end for sure. Yes. Okay, and I'm reading it right now. It's a 7.2 percenter. So I've said this in previous episodes, I think. Seven, you know, when you're looking at IPAs, you're probably talking anywhere between about a five, six, seven, or eight percenter, uh, depending on what it's all about. But this falls right in the middle, and I am actually very intrigued to try this because of that they're trying to create or recreate an original. So I think that's kind of unique. Um, but man, I've seen these kind of bottles. I think Surly bottles something similar to this where it only comes out every so often. Um, but yeah, the OG Indian Pale Ale from Jubeck New World Brewing in Dubuque. Now Dubuque is where you got married, wasn't it? It is where I got married. Right on that, right on that little ship. Yes, uh, mm. it's a yacht. Uh, oh, sorry, a fancy yacht. A yacht. Uh, yes, and we recreated the. Not only did they're recreating things here, brewing wise, but we recreated the uh, Titanic scene on the front of that, since that yes. was your best man. Yes, so we did, and then we recreated that <laughs> by the lake when I was your co-best man. And that's just, yeah, we're into Titanic, by the way. So hopefully those who are listening can relate to Titanic. But that also is going to bring us up to something that we'll get to in just a little bit, which is cruises. Yes. But we have a long history of... Uh, here, Friendship. you start yeah. hacking away at this thing. This is the hardest oh, beer. Oh, you brought your knife that I got you for your best man gift for one of them. Best man. Yes. If you're watching, you can see it's a Harley knife. Uh, Justin's got a Harley, which we'll also dive into later. And this is nice. I never even opened this up. I think I opened it just to make sure that the uh, lettering on it was nice. And it is. But I didn't realize it had some grip on it, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, careful with that, though. It's really, really sharp. All right. Well, if we slice ourselves live on camera, shortest, it's all good. The shortest multi-part podcast ever. <laughs> It'll be broken up into one, three sections of one minute long. Yes. Uh, no, let's hope not. I said. No, nah, we're good. If we start everywhere. bleeding out, we'll be fine. We got we got first aid. I got a medic on staff here and everything. Perfect. Oh my gosh, dude! Oh, this go oh, got a little, it's getting a little foamy here. <laughs> okay, I, I, oh, here we go. Is that how the originals were? <laughs> Probably. It looked like a champagne glass. I'm getting. <laughs> what is going on over there? I, I kind of want to wait for you to try it, but also, well, I'm getting. Start covered sucking with... off the head, dude. Is that how you did it right there? I went around and, back. and then I, I got like a little corner that I could fit the oh the latch in yeah all right well we'll oh oh there's a lot of oh shoot well we're really we hit some hills and a little <laughs> few bumps on the way up well you so. did stop at the effigy mounds didn't you I, yeah I love stopping at effigy mounds it's my favorite bathroom on the way <laughs> well I probably shook it up there with the with the the originals all right let's see if we could oh dang I don't think I can get that far down there. What in the heck did about you... about ready to celebrate the Daytona 500 here if you don't hurry up. <laughs> Why are you opening it then? Oh, what? I'll Plug it. I got this one. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? All right, we'll see if we... Uh, I think I stopped the bleeding there for a moment. I mean, it Whoa. smells good. Well, it's still going. <laughs> What is this? This is a beer that drinks itself, I guess. <laughs> hats off to Jubeck for making a fine... I don't know. Hats uh, off to something, man. It, it's a fine sealing process. I'll give them that. All right. I need the bottle opener, please. <laughs> Hold on. I'll try to stop the bleeding. I think that's just going to be yours from now on. That's fine. Yeah, just keep this. Fine. You, 
I mean, half of it's on the table anyways. Anyways, we're struggling at opening this. So. Oh, there we go. Oh, my. We're going to get some comments on YouTube in a few weeks from now, and we'll know exactly how to open these for the future, probably. That's fine, because half... Dude, this does look like champagne in here. It's just sitting here bubbling. Is that one doing the same? Yep. Oh, shit. Just, just start drinking. Start drinking it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, <laughs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> this might be like a 10-minute segment here. Just try <laughs> What the hell did you bring? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's still, <laughs> it's still foaming. Uh, Jubek, can you please comment on what this is? Oh, I, this uh, is the champagne of beers. It's not this is the life, champagne folks. of beers. I, I, think I, I think I got it kind of. You got to be real careful. With it. <laughs> it's, it's contents under pressure. I guess. Didn't say anything about that. Like, I mean, warning labels. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a blowhole. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe we just have to. Drink we're nine a minutes into this and we're just foaming. Yeah, this is foam and cruise. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's okay because my logo has a it has a beer or a mug with some foam. It's starting to stop. <laughs> as yours. Yes. Thank God. I think we just had a Oh no! Never mind. Just kidding. Here she blows. So the original <sighs> brewing style was just a pack of shit ton of foam in here. <laughs> was it baking powder? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Overall, though, the flavor the flavor's it, really good. The flavor's fantastic. This is a very top-notch on flavor, questionable, <laughs> questionable, whatever we got going on here. Maybe this is meant to be poured in something down not our throats. I, I don't know. Well, mine's starting to stop now. We do have other beer besides this, so yeah. But if this is how long this one takes, we'll be well. This here is all the, night. this is also the most expensive beer that we're having. Here it goes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just belly full of foam at this point. <laughs> yeah, we bloated after this one. Anyways, let's try to Ooh. get into. Well, just chug these things or what? I think we're just gonna. This is our segment right now. Is just <laughs> we're ten this minutes is a, in and this is a battle. We're, I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna go to try and drink some. I'm not sure this is worth fifteen dollars a foam. <laughs> Daytona five hundred, he says. But uh, champagne of beers. We all thought Miller High Life was oh. a champagne of beers. Turns out it's the OG from I, Quebec. I mean, the beer tastes fantastic though. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I suppose maybe port or something would have been better. But the bottles are so cool. We can't. Yeah, not drink out of I these. mean, I've, I've never drank a wax sealed <clears throat> beer bottle before. Neither have I. That's what we got first here today on the Brewers and Cruise. Yes. So, right. anyways, let's get. First of all, let's go back. We met back in college. We both yes. went to the University of Northern Iowa, and I would say some of our beer tasting goes back to the nights of Thursday nights when we would go to the beer tours over at the uh, was Old, Old Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. There's an Old Chicago still in Dubuque. Oh, really? Yeah. Is your name up on the board yet? I have not gone yet. <laughs> I finished my beer tour in Duluth. I finished in Cedar Falls before they close. And now it's closed, and I bet your plaque is gone and all that yeah, money was my, wasted. My holophone plaque is somewhere in the wind. If you happen to find it, you can have it. It's not worth sending it to me. Well, the thing that's funny about this is we used to go and do the beer tours for the T-shirts, which mm -hmm. their marketing worked for us, uh, and we used to just choke these things down. It definitely was, I would say, about that, that 2012, 2011. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, it was because it I, would have been <laughs> shortly after I turned twenty one. So yeah, and uh, I used to go donate plasma for beer money. Yeah, which so is fine. The 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 mini tours were were fantastic. Where it'd be what two week stretch, I think. Yep, I think, and you could only have what four at a time. I think it was like four at a time, and there was eight beers, so we had to go. You had to go week. twice. Yeah, you had to go once a week to get it. Maybe it was a month. <laughs> Maybe it was a full month, but they ran out of t-shirts, so oh, you had no. to get it done early if you wanted the t-shirt. Yeah, so we didn't mess around, and we did not like these type of beers at no, all. No, it was early first. in the craft brewing. We were we, the most amount that we would experiment with beer would be high gravity at, <laughs> at the quick trip. And oh my gosh, that was that was something else. Well, I you know I remember when we'd sit there like, oh man, we gotta drink these just to get it. Do you still have your t-shirts, by the way? I do actually. I made them into a t-shirt blanket. Oh, <laughs> nice. You should send that to old Chicago. Well, I mix it with. I did like. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, eras of my life type of thing. So oh, I mean, sure. there was I had like uh, some from high school, some from college, from from drinking, some from uh, later in college. So. Nice. Well, so yeah, we would go there, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where we first started experimenting with craft beer. Didn't like it at all. And now I'm going to reference what you're wearing right now, yes. which I also have a sweatshirt similar to that, which is Island City. And I touched on this on the previous episode with Paul, and. Um, that's kind of, I would say, more where we fell more in love with it was yeah. Island City. But it was nice because they, you know, like I said to other people, I said, you work your way up from the least strong ones to maybe the most strong. So that way you don't go off and get one that you're just like, oh, I don't like this. I'm done with craft beer. That's it. Because my first favorite one that I can remember was the Berliner Weiss. And that was like a sour. I don't it's, remember what yours was. I liked porters and stouts. Uh, I okay. liked having that chocolate or coffee flavor. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Usually something that was a little bit thicker. And when you get into like a, a 5, 6, 7% uh, stout or uh, other dark flavored beer that has like a really thick flavor to it, you don't notice the I, – I feel like you don't notice like the alcohol hitting you as hard because sure. – you can't drink it very fast. I mean, there's IPAs out there that are 9% or more that you can just down like that, and yeah. it'll hit you a lot faster. But something that's a little bit thicker kind of slows the intake, so you don't get tits up too fast. <laughs> well, the ones I always reference to that are easy to drink that are IPAs are the hazies. And I think you brought some along, mm-hmm. too, today. So that might be on whatever part we get to, because this is going to be a multi-part episode. Yes. We have so much to go over. But, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> some of those... You could really down the hatch, and it would be like you're just drinking anything, just mm-hmm. a little fruitier flavor. But yeah, the nine percent can kick your butt. Then this is only a seven two. This is about where I expect most IPAs to fall. It is about that six and a half to seven and a half mm-hmm. usually. But we've had, uh, you know, the impending doom was ten point two. We're gonna have a nine nine percenter tonight. Woo, maybe. Justin brought the high octane today, and, and I, I actually I have not looked at what the what the percentages on all the other beers so we might have multiple high percentage beers that's right because you brought all these from the dubuque area except for one of them correct everyone yes yes. okay everything would be in the general dubuque area rivers ridge is a brewery that's in bellevue which is about 25 minutes from um the center of downtown dubuque yeah um that uh, would be the one that's a little bit outside and then we have a one of our personal favorites, actually, from Carbon 4 Brewery in Madison. 
uh, yep. their fantasy factory. Yeah, and we'll touch on that once we get to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make a trip down to Dubuque because, first of all, it'll be a nice motorcycle ride. Second of yes. all, you're down there. I have a free place to stay, I assume. And uh, there's four or well, five different breweries around the area that'll be fun to go to, I think. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, I mean, uh, Seven Hills is one of the ones that we're going to have. Actually, that's going to be on this segment. We're going to have that next. Perfect. Seven Hills has three different uh, branches of their breweries uh, that you can hit all three of them within. I mean, there's one in Platteville where I work. There's okay. one in Dubuque where I live. And then there's one in Dyersville, uh, which is uh, I don't know, 20 minutes down Highway 20 towards. Uh, You're that close to Dyersville? Yeah. Oh, we got to go there. I guess. And yeah, you were just talking with Chris Thrune about uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams yeah. and antiques and uh, yeah. collectors stuff. Yeah, diecast cars. Diecast cars. There we go. Yep. I think I've been to the place yep. where uh, you were talking about. Also, there's a really great uh, antique mall right there that has a bunch of everything. Nice. So when I come down there, we're going to have to check all these places out because yeah. that's just kind of what we do. But let's get back into how we met. We met at the University of Northern Iowa. We uh, Yes. Well, the first time we ever met is probably the one of the best. So um, we met. Our friendiversary is what day? Halloween. Halloween. Wow, what a date. Where you held my wallet because I was dressed as steroid Steve. Yes. <laughs> And I was also your, um, oh, what was I, your beer facilitator at one point? At one point. That's how we... That's how we met was through my old roommate. That's how we met. And then after that year, we became dorm roommates yes. for, what, like two years? I think it was a year and a half. And year then and you, half. you became an RA, but yep. I mean, we... Well, yeah, I was only yeah. right at the block. I was Wait, half a block away, so I wasn't that far away. away. But yeah, then I became the RA, and then I eventually moved out after I graduated. You were still there because you're... What, two years younger than me? Three. Three? College? Yeah, okay. You're three years younger I'm than me. I'm two years school-wise. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. School-wise. So school-wise, you're two years younger, so I was already out. You were still there. I moved down to Atlanta. I was down there, but we've always kept in touch, obviously, yeah. as best friends would do. Actually, uh, today would have been 10 years, Dang. I believe. Today's 10 years from when you came back from Atlanta to do a wrestling show at the Black Horse. Oh, that's right. And we came up and we stayed with uh, your parents and went to that show. Yeah, at the Black Horse. And it popped right? up in my memories today. So yes, that's right. I, I had oh. Sandwich Company today and I had Sandwich Company 10 years ago today. So This is full circle then. Full circle. Full circle. So yeah, we became friends in college and yeah. then obviously it in, transpired into much more than that. But we had some yes. fun times at college, I think. Those being the memories of going to just simple as going to old Chicago and having craft beers and testing them out ourselves, just kind of gagging on whatever the heck we were drinking that day. Those were fun times because that was a Thursday night and there was nothing really going on Thursday nights that we should probably touch on. Um, We'll we'll keep that for another time. Another time. Another time. But anyways, Brews and crews. (laughs) Brews and something. At night. Yep. (laughs) The nighttime episode. Nighttime episode. So yeah, then um, I I moved back from Atlanta back in 2014. Uh, met my what is now my wife back then, and then you and your wife actually moved up here in what 2017 or 18? 17. And then you started working here, and then uh, that's kind of when I would say our love for craft beers really came around because of right. Island City. We were very and, close to Island City. <laughs> yeah, we were very close. Trivia, mm-hmm. uh, bingo became a thing, but trivia was the one that we really started going there a lot on. I would say is because of the trivia. Right, right. But then. Go back to this, and this is why I am. If you're watching, you can see I am wearing a Crown and Anchor Society sweatshirt, which is from Royal Caribbean, 
Because after only meeting for, I think, a year. No, it was less than that. Less than that. We So... No, my, because my, my, my recollection oh, okay. of this, I don't know where you're going with it, but I'm just going to go anyway here, <sighs> that we started, we started hanging out around Halloween. Yep. That's when it first started. And then you got me going to the gym <laughs> in November. And you had a great speech at my wedding for that. Yeah. Too. That was fun. Speaking of which, uh, did you ever get the record, the audio of sure the speeches? Do. You do. have that? Well, watch tonight. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. I can't remember what I said. Oh, it's I fantastic. Mean, I have, I have so the paper, funny. but... Yeah, I got it. Um, she, she, the lady, a videographer, uh, mm-hmm. gave it to us. I would say about two months after we got okay. all of our stuff back, photos and all that. We'll watch it tonight. It's funny. I watched it a couple times so far. It, it, you get the video and everything. Yep, and oh. you're all mic'd up too. Oh, perfect. That so, was... anyways, go back to the cruises then, because so your no, collection. I want to say it was mine. December. It, it was still fall semester. The, the semester we met. Yeah. Within like two months of like actually hanging out, we were like in the sauna, and you're telling me about these cruises. I'm like, can I go? <laughs> like if you pay for it, you can go. I don't care. It's a it's a cruise. It's a public place. You can go if you pay for it. Yeah. I'm like okay. So yeah, we had we had the cruise established. Okay. With only like hanging out with two months or so. And see, I thought it was the year after that you went on your first one. It was the year after. So I mean, after we were, I'd, you, um, it was December because you had just gone with Dave in November was, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you were right. telling me about. It. I'm like, that sounds like fun. I want to go. Can I go, please? <laughs> and yes, we ended up going on the cruise the following yep. November. Okay, so yes, it was a year after we had met. Yeah, year after we okay. had met. I thought you meant it was like two months after we had first no, started talking. No, it was like, two wow, months after we quick. started hanging out that like we booked a vacation. Okay, together, so that's funny. Yeah, yeah and uh, then you went with my parents, and my parents were like, "Well, who is this guy?" I'm like, well, "I don't know. He's a cool guy." I can't remember who. And I think it was maybe it was your mom. It's like. You don't even know this guy. Do you want to go on a cruise with him? <laughs> it's not like it sounds, folks. Um, no, he's just a buddy. But we, um, yeah, we I, went on. What one was it? Freedom was it? Freedom was our first one. Yes. And at the time, that was the biggest one, I believe, because it was '09, and Oasis class didn't come out till the following year, Correct. I believe. So that was the biggest one at the time. You had a fantastic time, so much so you went on two more of them with us. Yes. And now you go with your wife, correct? Yes. And anybody else? Family. I can't we did, we did a giant family uh, cruise one year, a uh, big family cruise. Yeah. Uh, did you, now you know they're obviously really big, did you actually stick around with your family or did everyone just kind of go their separate ways? Because the ship is huge. If anybody doesn't that, know. That was on Enchantment when we did the big okay. family cruise. So Enchantment's a smaller ship. I think it's actually the smallest ship that Royal has right now. Now they are, yeah. It used to be the largest back in like 98. Right. And then the, uh, that was the one, no, the Explorer they stretched. And Enchantment. They, they I think it was the whole class they probably did. They stretched okay. it. They cut it in the middle, stretched it. Yeah. Like a limo. Either way, uh, the smaller ships, I feel like we kind of stuck together a little bit more. Yep. Uh, but that was, the, that was like the big one. There was, there was five cabins of us. So there was 11 of us that went. Oh, wow. Um, and that was, like I said, true family vacation. So we had some of my siblings were underage and... Uh, and then, you know, it, with that, you can't, like, go venturing off on your own too much. Sure, sure. Uh, we kind of, like, huddled together. <clears throat> well, the one thing I always say about a cruise is, like, one of the worst ages to go is between about 19, 19 and 20 that year because you can't 
go to the teen lounges anymore, really. They won't let you. I think it's my like first two cruises with you. I was 19 and 20. I know, but that didn't but we matter. Had, we, it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter because it was still fun. It was still fun. But when I went my first time back after we had taken, a, I don't know, almost a decade off, I was 20 years old, I believe, on that one. And I couldn't go to the teen lounges because I was 20, mm-hmm. but I couldn't drink. So all I could really do is gamble if I wanted to do that, and that's about all I really did. But so it was still fun, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but it's like that middle age where – you can't do certain things, and you're kind of stuck in this limbo. But that's beyond the point at this point now. Um, so you went with your family. Yeah. Now you go with your wife. Um, what did you do for your honeymoon? You didn't go on a cruise, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which one did you do then? Well, that was also freedom. Freedom. Yes. Where'd you go on your? Um, on the honeymoon, islands? we did um, Costa Maya. Okay. Cozumel and. So Western, it was a Western Caribbean. It was Western Caribbean, okay. I think it was a six night. I think we did Labadee. Is that when you bought all that gear and looked like a tourist? Yes. Nice. One of them. That was funny. (laughs) One of them. Do you you know Abe? Abe Hughes, the cruise director. Yeah, yeah. You were on a cruise with Abe once. Yes, I I was. Yeah. And he still he still works for them. Yeah. Um, was he your cruise director that day? He was. That a, he was a cruise director, and he's like, "Yeah, I do the morning show on deck two. Come up and see me." So I like got all roiled up, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm gonna go on the morning show." Oh, dude, we were were shout outs the thing when you came on with yes. us. Yeah. Yeah. I still got those. My dad and I. We always spam the inbox of all those. It's hilarious. So I, I my favorite one that I did. We were we missed. A, no, okay, I remember now. This was the honeymoon cruise. It was with shout outs with Abe. We were supposed to go to Grand Cayman, but we went on a cruise in January. And if you have uh, too rough of seas, you can't get into Grand Cayman because they tender. Right. Which Lana's gone on a few cruises and has with, with uh, Grand Cayman as a as a destination, and she's never been because like it, you just every time it doesn't doesn't work out, it's too rough of seas. So uh, we had left Fort Lauderdale. Went around the north side of Cuba, got to Grand Cayman. We missed that one. It, it was like three or four days at sea, I feel like. At least three. I think it was day four was our first like port that we made. Yeah. So it was, you know, two and a half. You know, your day one's not really a full day. But right, yeah, we were yeah. we were at sea for an extended period of time, like usually a day longer than what you normally would be. And we had a, a bird. I think it was a seagull, maybe a pigeon. It was some type of like bird that was like hanging out above the wind jammer. And so my shout out was uh, to the pigeon above the wind jammer. We're gonna make port one of these days, buddy. Just hang <laughs> in there. I thought I was gonna like stop crapping on our food or something. No, I, I felt <laughs> bad. I mean, there's no land around at all, and this bird's just like yeah, stuck on the ship. So like, now he's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's Mexican. He probably got off in Mexico. So oh, he's yeah. a Mexican pigeon. Okay, so we had a cruise that was like that too. We we go by and. Like two rough seas today. I think we missed two ports, and we just float by, and then they would turn around and we'd leave. And then like, cool, there was San Juan. See ya. <laughs> you just saw San Juan. So, but anyways, I don't really care because I like being on the ship yeah, most if, than anything. If Royals listening, I feel like you should create an option for a a no port cruise, two laps around Cuba. Call it good. Just laps. Yeah, Indy five hundred. Never make port. No. Just just go out in the Caribbean. Just I, I'm, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going on Icon, so I don't even really care if I get off the ship because we're going to some of the same places that we've always been, except for Coco Cay. I love Coco Cay. Mm-hmm. But they had a perfect day at Coco Cay the other day, and it wasn't perfect. They had to evacuate. They had to evacuate the island, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't so perfect. No, but 
don't know. Somebody was complaining on the Facebook page about how you don't book a cruise in January. And I've booked several cruises in January and never had an issue. Because of weather? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean... I assume hurricane season would be the time you I've went I've gone on hurricane know. season. It was actually one of the big hurricanes was uh, our last cruise that we were on. That was in 2022. Oh. I can't remember which hurricane it was, but I remember being in Jamaica at at Margaritaville having a hurricane, and I made my <laughs> Snapchat story, uh, this is the only hurricane that I see. No. And fancy, yeah, fancy. No, uh, I forget. It was, it was a big one. That's the one that uh, messed up uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg. Oh, that, that one hit Fort Myers big time. Yeah, Fort Myers. Yep. Yeah. Like, so that was a cruise you were on? And- I, I, we were on a cruise ship, but like <laughs> it was going around the east side of Cuba, and we were going around the west, so we just kind of like went around it. Yeah, they, they're pretty good about that. Usually they go around those things. However, now with all the technology and TikTok out there, people are always recording if there's bad weather. So it really I, makes it look bad when it's like, I've been on ships, and we've never seen bad weather, really. I'd be okay with bad weather. I want a story. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can give you stories. No, like, I, I feel like getting on, like, a ship that <clears throat> I, I would love to do the lifeboat excursion, which they never let me do. I, <laughs> I always, I always they, they ask me for my feedback. I say, let's do a lifeboat drill, like, full lifeboat. I want to see what it looks like on the inside. I want to get lowered and, like, putts <laughs> around a little bit. And they, they test these things out. It's like, why can't, why can't we do I'll, I'll be a volunteer for you. I'll put the life jacket on and everything. I want to do the lifeboat excursion. Please. I know, and they laugh at me. I'm like, no, you, I, every time that you're in port, they usually take one lifeboat out and they do like their maintenance. Uh, oh, I suppose that's true. It's like, I don't want to go to Cosmo for the 18th time. I want to go in the lifeboat for the first time. And they won't let me. Bastards. Maybe when I'm a Diamond member, I can like... Nope, you can't. Have you asked? No. Then how do you know? Oh, I... I'll ask on my Ask next time. Can I do the lifeboat excursion today? I don't know why they wouldn't let you do that. You know, you have know. people, and it's, it's a better testing. Yeah. Um, better so practice. One of, uh, one, I remember the one cruise that we were on. We were tipping back and forth a little bit, and we were going down the wrong hallway <laughs> to the wrong room. <laughs> And you knocked on someone else's door, and we were wondering why the artwork had changed. <laughs> I think we're, that that must have been the Poppy cruise that we were looking oh, for. Poppy, gosh, that was a fantastic cruise. Poppy? And then there was another cruise that I did the same thing with you. Like I got on the wrong floor. Like I, yeah. you know, we, you were in the bathroom, so I had to go down to the gym or something to use sure. that bathroom, you know. And I got back to the room. I was on the wrong floor, and then like the do not disturb sign was on. I'm like, what the, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, start pounding on the door, like, let me in. And I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is ten to one eight or whatever, and like not eleven. Oops, and I got the heck out of there. Yeah, that's all right. So, so the the Poppy cruise has got to be one of the most memorable where we met Poppy. Yeah. And for those who don't know who Poppy is, that's okay. You don't have to. He's a dance instructor that we met on a cruise, and he was the craziest guy I think we've ever met on a he cruise. He is the most colorful character I've ever met on a cruise. Yes. He loved to gamble. He gave us money to gamble. That was kind of fun. And he was sitting there yelling across the casino, hey, you better bet big over there because you can't win big if you don't bet big, Poppy. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. $25 a hand. He's like, all right. I'm like, okay. That's a lot because we're used to like $5 or $10 right. a hand. That's about as much as we do. You can't even go to a to a blackjack table hardly anymore with I less know. than $10 a hand. Yeah, what, well, on our honeymoon that we just did to Hawaii from Canada, it was $10 minimum. That's mm-hmm. all there is. Even if you go up to uh, Treasure Island last night, I was just up there for the 
Thompson Square Lone Star concert, I think $10 was the minimum. See, I we were actually at the casino last night, too. We were at the Diamond Joe, and uh, I have switched Is over. Is there a Diamond Joe down by you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. There there's, is one, isn't there's there? There's two in Dubuque. Because we went there uh, the day before your wedding, right? Yes. Yep, that's right. Okay. And then the, the other one is right across from where the boat took off. We actually okay. went by it when we were going upriver. Oh, nice. That was a fun day. Yeah. Rained on that day, too. That's all right. That's right. They say it's uh, lucky if it rains on your wedding day. Yeah. We had squalls while we were on the river, so that's <laughs> yeah. extra lucky, I guess. Yeah, that um, was fun. Uh, so, yeah, going back to cruises, that's one of our things that we have in common. And mm-hmm. not only do we have in common, now you take your wife on them. Mm-hmm. My wife and I go. And it all originates from my grandparents, really. Yeah. Uh, going on, uh, first one was Monarch and then Majesty. And those are no longer even part of the, the Royal Caribbean ship. You can go look at them on YouTube. I used to go watch some tours just to see how small they were. I don't think that one of them's even around anymore. I think it got fully decommissioned. Oh, yeah. Like, they got rid of their sold I think to Monarch company. got like, scrapped and Majesty is still floating with a different company. Oh, okay. But I, yeah, think one of them, I think one of them got completely like Costa concordia it's so <laughs> too soon. No, no. <laughs> Do you know. Okay, sorry. I no go with it. I love watching cruise ship sinking videos <laughs> because I, I do it before I get on a cruise. I want I want that lifeboat excursion. So I mean, I guess people. Do you ever have watch died, planes so. flying and crashing before you leave too? Well, I watch Sully, <laughs> but he landed on the river, so that was, that was like he, that's the one that you watch. Like I want that guy. Well, that guy on my team. Uh, no, so we, we watched the. There's videos of the Casa Concordia, yep. which I guess it, um, slightly bad taste. There was actually a family from a couple from Winona, right? Or was it just Minnesota? I think it was just Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. That died on the Casa Concordia, yep. but like watching like Titanic, where their cinematography yep. showing you a ship sinking versus like camera phone showing yeah. you like lights blaring and stuff like that and like the ship tilting and like the rough sea videos that yep. everybody posts. I'm like, I would love that. I'd, I'd love for the engine room to burn up and we're stuck out at sea and they feed you Pop-Tarts and you poop in a bag out in the hallway for a week. Because <laughs> you know what? Your vacation just got extended and you're going to get a free cruise on top of that because they want to keep you happy. That's true. You might get There's that. nothing wrong with it. Nobody died when the engine like fire happened and they ate Pop-Tarts uh. and pooped in bags. Where was this at? It was a carnival ship. Oh. <laughs> there was an engine fire. They got stranded yeah. like, out at sea, so they had to like airdrop them Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts are amazing. Huh? Pop-Tarts are good. I grew up eating those things. I so still love there's them. nothing wrong with that. It'd be you're just be hoping story. You're hoping that happens on nights, day six, seven. So yeah, that absolutely. way, the rest of your vacation was fantastic. You know, you're hauling ass back to port, and then the, you throw a prop, and you go back down, and you have to get towed back in. And yeah, and then they say, hey, here's a free cruise for the next time. Right, yeah, sorry good. for the inconvenience. Here's a free cruise. Like oh, the one, like the okay. anthem. The anthem that went through... Uh, and some of the th- seas went through like a hurricane. Okay. Basically, that was that was a while ago. That's probably five plus years. Sure, that yeah. would have been like when it was brand new almost. It was one of the like newer ones that uh, the captain like basically sailed through a hurricane, and then That's they had really to turn weird around because they try never to do that. They go around. Yeah, it was it was a questionable thing. I remember that. Yeah. But uh, I think I did hear about that one. <clears throat> they posted videos and like you can see second, I think second deck, if not third deck. Maybe third deck. You can see like the waves coming up over like the, yeah. the windows. Yeah. And like the deck chairs. I think that'd be fun. Like you're not gonna like topple over the cruise ship these days. And yeah, if you do, I mean, that's your time to go. For those who think that see, here's the thing that I think a lot of people think. They think that it's a boat. It's not a boat, it's no, a ship. It's huge. Literally the new one that we're going on is has over three million square foot. 
I'm like, three million square foot is a humongous mall. I think the Mall of America, if I remember right, is like five million square feet. So you're talking like half of a Mall of America. That's a big ship. So you can't get bored for one. And for two, you're right. Most likely nothing is going to happen. You're not right. going to topple over. You're going to have some rough seas, not feel very good most likely, if, especially if you have seasickness or you're prone to it. Yeah, you might not feel so good, but you're not going to probably die. Right. And you might get a free cruise or half, half off the next cruise. You're getting the something. One. They're yeah. going to throw something at you. And they do want to keep you happy because when you go on these things, you rarely ever hear no. They usually want you to be happy. They don't even care if you have the drink package and you're giving it to someone else hardly. Right. Unless no. they're underage, obviously. I, uh, I'm like a they, – they probably have photos of me on certain cruise ships like – Handing away drinks? No, of like – Wearing a bandana? Like the guy that they don't want no, – Wearing a bandana? Bandanas are a Winona thing. All right. All uh, right. But no, because we've been cruising long enough that I remember the stuff that they got rid of, but they can still do if you ask for it. Uh, give me an Savory example. Bites. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what my favorite one now are are the ones with the pumpkin seeds on them. But you can get that normally. I know. But they don't bring out the savory bites are about savory yay big. Bites, they yes. have like little poppy seeds on the top. They can either come really soft, warm, and delicious, or like hard as a rock, but they're still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there's no in between. It's either soft and delicious or hard as a rock. But uh, I mean, again, they're only about this big. They they used to come standard in the bread basket they brought yep. out for dinner, but they don't do that anymore. But if you ask for it, this is this is what they're going to say when you go on your cruise in, in March, right? Uh-huh, in three weeks. Yeah, so when you go and you'll be like, yep. can, I, can we get some savory bites? And they'll be like, well, Mr. Chris, I don't know if they can do it. I'll talk to the chef and we'll see. And the next day they're going to have savory bites for you. Yes, they they always make sure that they They, they like pretend like, oh, no, we can't do this. But then they're like, well, here they are. And then they Yeah, give because you... it makes you feel like, oh, they pulled some strings for me. Yeah. And then it's there every night. Yep, uh, yep. So there's like, some other ones, though. I, I like the one I was telling you about the pumpkin seeds. Mm -hmm. Also... The ones that have the cheddar on them are really good, too. Uh, I was having these. Uh, I could have literally had a meal off of all the bread uh, on our on our honeymoon, and I was just like, I would eat like five or six before my meal would come out, so I felt like crap probably. Mm -hmm. It's probably why I didn't feel so hot on the first couple nights because I had that, and we were going through all that time change of about four. Because every – it was funny. We flew to Canada, Vancouver, three hours difference. Mm -hmm. As we kept going, it kept getting – further and further back in right. time and then by the time we get to hawaii we're five hours difference than here and i was like wow we just gained all this time of sleeping and everything it was kind of neat rather than going forward going backwards in time mm -hmm. which gave you better time to sleep at night but yes they will pull all the strings you anything mm -hmm. you can ask for for the most part they will do but you're right now they do certain things that they try to cut back on right. i think they only they only do your bedroom once per day once now. a day now mm-hmm and they used to, when I was little, they used to put a little piece of chocolate, chocolate on your pillow. I don't know if they ever did that when we were there. I don't think we ever got the chocolate, no. but... I don't think so either. But anyways, then when I go by the cart, I'd snag some out of there because I was like six and seven years old. That's probably why they got rid of them because little turds like me were stealing all their chocolate. Or people that get trashed and they don't realize there's chocolate on the bed and they, <laughs> next thing you know, they got chocolate stains on the white pillowcases. <laughs> some days it's not chocolate. You never know. <laughs> God. <laughs> Nasty man, this thing is like filling me up big time. I don't this know if it's is not the best one to start with. Uh, it's very carbonated, I think. Uh, I mean, this. I mean, it's 500 milligrams. It's, it's basically a pounder, is what it is. Wow, and, yeah. And I'm. I got. I got this much left. I'm about the same. Yeah. So yeah, the cruises are. You 
Have you been? Uh, is that your favorite way to travel, vacation-wise? Yeah. Well, I, I've never, I've never done like an all-inclusive to compare. Okay. But I don't Neither think that. I. I don't think it's worth it, in my opinion. I, I hear people that do, and they stand by them, and then I'm like, "Well, how much did you pay?" And they're like, "So much." I'm like, "Oh, that's not so bad. How long were you gone? Three days." It's like, okay, well, I can spend that much for seven days on a cruise ship for right. essentially the same thing. Yep. And you know, if I have to add the alcohol package, then I will. But you know, most of the time. We can get away without doing that. It just depends on how much you really want to drink. Yeah, the one thing we like to do when we get them is test everything. Right. Because you go to the different lounges and they'll, I mean, they can always make you whatever you want, but certain lounges have certain ones. I'm like, oh, I haven't tried that. So case in point, when we were on our honeymoon, they went to the Schooner Lounge. They had some that were really good that we had never had before on the Oasis class, and we would just go and test them all. If you didn't like it, take one sip and just give it to them and say, hey, can I get another one? Because mm-hmm. each one's like 13 bucks on average. Right. So it's really kind of worth it. All you have to do is have about seven per day, and that's not hard to do on a cruise ship. No, especially when most, I think all of them now, you have a day at, at either Coco Cay or Labadee. I think they want to have every ship yep. stop at perfect day at Coco Cay now, though. Yeah, and your drink package is good there, too. It's good there. So you go from you know a seven-day cruise <laughs> where you'd be on an island for three days that you couldn't use it. That's just yep. under half of your, your trip, you know. Now you're down to two days that right, you can't right, use right. it. And it depends where you go. I mean, I don't have a problem going to, like, Cozumel or Costa Maya and, like, doing the Western Caribbean. I've been there a lot. I usually do something different every time. But, right. you know, the... We did Jamaica last time, and Jamaica is really not one of my favorite spots to stop. I mean, there's things to see there, but you usually don't get much in the port. You have to like leave the port and go like an hour or so away yeah. to, to get to waterfalls or. Well, because all the ports are pretty commercialized, right? So they're really, really pretty. But if you want to see what real Jamaica is like, or real, and you know, pick your poison there, right? You got to get outside those little golden gates, I would say, and then you get to experience what the real life is like there. I mean, we did that once. <laughs> uh, well, which one? That was uh, 2013. Where did we go? What, what, we uh, were in Jamaica at Falmouth. Okay. And uh, we did the the standard island tour, which... Uh, <laughs> which my dad loves. If you ever cruise with Rich Jacobson, you're going to uh, do an island tour where we pay the cabbie to drive us around the island and tell us what's going on. And he sits up front and asks questions. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, do you know Mr. Gonzalez? <laughs> No, I know Mr. Hernandez. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, you know, this is funny. We were on our honeymoon, and we were at Victoria, British Columbia, up in Canada. And we, I thought it would be really nice, nice little romantic thing to do is take a horse and carriage ride. We did it, but they go right through the streets, and the street was pretty narrow. The people in that town know that it's a touristy thing. So when you see the horse and buggy, you don't go flying by them. Well, this one guy went flying by in his Jeep and the lady had her little kind of whip thing in case the horse gets out of whack or, you know, out of line or whatever. She whacked the top of his Jeep. He stops in the middle of the road, gets out and just starts cussing us out. And it was the funniest thing. I'm like, this guy's freaking out. And then not only that, he went up to the supermarket, turned around and came back and continued to swear at our lady. And then us too. I'm like, what do we do? I'm like, this is you, a tourist you, town. You, you know. bought the horse for an hour, so obviously it's your fault, too. Of course, yeah. yeah. It was hilarious, though. This lady, she's like, she's like, you know that you're not supposed to go and do that. You're not supposed to go flying by the horses because they do have their blinders on. But right. you hear that coming up, and it might freak the horse out. We take right. off, which would be kind of fun, too, I suppose. The the carriage, I don't know what, the chariot race, I suppose, it would have been for the excursion. Yeah, you know, I guess... 
that might be a little bit more hazardous than the lifeboat excursion, but you know, <laughs> yeah. you make the it lifeboat work. is supposed to be there to save your life. This is tough. <laughs> this, this was not the one to start. Well, then they should all get easier from here. It should get easier. I don't think this is the one to finish on either. Yeah. This is. Well, then what's next? Next is going to be the Seven Hills. Well, pull it out. I think we've talked all we need about cruises. Yeah. I mean, we're probably pretty close. Yeah. We'll pull out the next thing. Let's see what we got. Are we going to finish this? Yeah. but Oh, yeah. We got Cheers, too. Oh, Cheers. We never could because. No. (laughs) We we couldn't Cheers because it was going to. It might do that again. (laughs) If we Uh, tap these things too much, maybe it'll happen again. Nope. I think it lost all of its fizziness. Oh, he's chugging right on. <laughs> That's not the face you want to make. <laughs> Gross. Is everything all good over there? Is that the drink I had all the fizz in my mouth, and I was like... Now you're going to explode, just like that thing did. There's going to be an explosion, all right. Yeah, I suppose. Oh. Oh, man. All right. We yeah. Get hey, let's this. do the next one. We'll get on to the next topic. All right. Well... Before that, I think we need to. I need to get you a gift. You brought me a gift. I too? brought you a gift. I thought these were the gift. Well, we got you a different gift as well. Ooh, I got a gift. Hey, this is the first gift that's going to be given so, to me. I think on the podcast. It, it it might be, and so I've watched every episode. I've been a dedicated follower since day one. All right, and then some. I mean, we've definitely talked about doing something like this for a long time. And yep. you've taken the reins and, and done it on your own. So mm. uh, following you and watching you, I was thinking there's something that I feel like you could do with every segment, every 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 guest as right. kind of like a fun like thing unique for you. So I got you a gift. All right. Well, let's see what this gift is, and I'll try to finish this thing. That's all good. Yeah, just keep it going. So this is the first gift I'm going to be given on, on the podcast. Um, but yeah, Justin's been a dedicated follower, listener, whatever you want to call it. Every time, uh, every week comes out Mondays, as you know, if you're a listener. Uh, comes out every Monday morning about 5, 5 a.m. And he sends me a screenshot or a photo on Snapchat showing me that he's watching whatever episode it is. So he has something he's going to gift me. Usually I send you a screenshot of when you're talking about me. but <laughs> well, um, It's been every episode. It's been every moment. episode. So I didn't wrap it. Okay, well, that's fine. Here you go. Well, let's see what we got. All right. Wow. Well, it, uh, Glenn's Warehouse from Texas. So wherever, whatever this is, it's from Texas. Is there, is there something else? Yeah, there's... Oh, oh shoot. Oh. Is this a shot board? Well, so what we got here, it says brewski on it. It's the brewski. Oh, from uh, Out Cold or whatever that movie is where they took a shot off the ski? Well, I, I got the idea from Andy Cohen from Lana Watches the Housewives, and they do Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. All right. And in the Andy Clubhouse, they have the shot ski. So I got you the brewski. That's so sweet. It would be something that... We, you can do with all of your guests that we have the brewski segment. That's why you're asking me if I had any hard liquor here. 
Okay, so every time I should get a shot with one of my with one of my guests. Yeah. Okay. Now should it be different every time, or should it be the same? You can do whatever you whatever want. Whatever the heck it. I want. It's yours. But it's I just mine. figured that it'd be like a segment. Like we're like we're halfway through the segment, so let's time for a brewski shot. Hey, we're halfway through segment one. I All think right. it's time for that right now. Time since for you just gifted it to me for the brewski shot. This is kind of neat. Now, did was this customized? I assume. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Did you you didn't make it? Did you? I did not. I did not make it, but we did customize the the lettering. All right, all right, good. We do it like this when we flip up, so it's like Oh, nice. All right. I was thinking if you wanted to, you could put Bruiser Cruise on one side and then. Ooh, I like that idea. I was going to do that originally, but I didn't know if. I'm just going to use your microphone. Just pop it right here, like this. Here it comes. And then I'm not going to find where it needs to go again. Yeah, well, just. All right. All right. So what do we got here? Let's. Uh, I think I chose Malibu because that's yeah. all we had back there. All we had was. Some I didn't Malibu. know that this was going to be a segment, but this is great. Yeah. Can't give away. Nice. So yeah, this is the first gift I've gotten. I hope we have more gifts coming from. Nice. So then we take it together, right? We do it together. All right. I can ditch that. And then we got to hold the board up together. We hold the board together right. and we do the shot together. For those who are watching, we're going to take a shot of Malibu. Not the most probably manly shot in the world, but that's okay. That's what so we had. To do. We made it work. <laughs> we made it work just like our, our singing abilities. Oh, I just lost so half of that beer. For those who are watching on YouTube, Whew. we're about to take a shot off of the brewski. The brewski. And um, you got it from, what would you say, Andy Cohen? Yeah, Andy Cohen uh, is the host of Bravo, basically. So, oh, Bravo? yeah, the, the the network. Okay, so I think they also did something like this. I want to say in the movie Out Cold, except there's one lined up for like six people. Yeah, they used to have this. They used to have this at Mojo's and and Cedar Falls too. Right, well, we got the we got the mini version of this. I figured you didn't need. A... All right, so. If you can't hear us for a moment, those who are on the audio, we're taking the, the brewski shot, even though it's not a shot of brewski, it's a shot of Malibuski. Yeah, a Malibuski shot. <laughs> All, right. All right. Ready? Yep. They are non-breakable shot glasses. Into the Seven Hills uh, Brewing Company, uh, Seven-Headed Monster. This is going to be a West Coast IPA, I believe you said, right? Yep, it's a West Coast IPA, 7%-ish. And um, their motto that they live by is to each one, teach one. And their mission is to produce world-class craft beer paired alongside unique cuisine with a relaxed and enjoyable atmosphere. So let's pop the top on this, and hopefully we don't have as many um, difficulties as we did with the OG. But so far it looks like yours is we are good. <laughs> staying within the bottle. So the nice thing about Seven Hills is there's actually a handful of different locations. Um, like I said originally, there is a location um, in Platteville where I work. This one's from Dubuque, and then there's one in Dyersville also. So okay. um, I've been to all three of them. They're all three a little bit different. Uh, I think that they actually have different beers at all three, but don't quote me on that one. Ooh, I like this one. I haven't tried it yet. Cheers. Cheers. We don't have to worry about... So uh, for those who were just watching a moment ago, we took a shot off the brewski, which was a gift given by Mr. J. Edwards, and we'll get into that J and what that's all about. But we are on to the Seven Hills yes. now, and this is the West Coast IPA, as we said. Really, really good. 
But we got to get into our next portion of our um, discussions. And I want to go down the wrestling venue of this. Okay. Because you had touched on just a moment ago how um, I've met your friends, uh, Joe, his wife, right, Molly? Yep. Okay, he's not his girlfriend. It's his wife. And they've come to some wrestling shows. And you, 10 years ago-ish from today, yes, you were at my show at the Black Horse. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you became a manager of mine by the name of J. Dot. Edwards. I was your advocate. You were my advocate after Paul Knightley went through a table. Yes. And was no longer able to manage me because it's a lot of work to manage me. It's a lot of work. It's a ton it of work. It took a lot of time. So anyways, uh, it's it was so fun, I think, doing that because, for one, we both like, I think we both like acting. Yes-ish. And if not, you are big into writing Screenplays, or yes, I, I'm definitely more of a behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, yeah. unfortunately, I was just in a a homemade movie. Yes, so I, where I was, I was out front. But we can continue. We can get touch. Well, base hold on, shout way. out to shout out to Levi on yep. the tremors. Levi and tremors. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't even know what tremors, tremors is. Hunting ground is the name of uh, Levi's newest uh, tremors movie. How many has he made? Levi has made three. Okay, and you're in the third one. I am in the third one so far. All right, all right. So, anyways. If anybody knows what Tremors is, was it kind of more like a cult following type movie? Is that right? Because I saw some of the stuff in there. And yeah, it's I, like would, I would say it would definitely fall into that category. Uh, there's a lot of backstory that uh, well, when we plan to come up to shoot my Tremors movie yeah, in the right. summer, maybe we can get Levi on the show here and Levi can dive into it more. But there's a lot of backstory with that. And... Um, Basically, there was a period of time that like you would watch the Sci-Fi Channel, and okay. uh, they would have like these like Saturday morning monster movie type of deal, um, and a lot of like the Tremors movies were like in that. Uh, yep. I mean, they would have the other ones like you know like eight-headed octopus versus like giant shark or something like that. They would always have like monster yep, yep. Uh, anaconda, python, whatnot, you know. Uh, so, I mean, definitely there's like a like a cult following when it comes to like monster movies like that. Yep. I think Tremors falls into that. Uh, but there's a, a other backstory too. The original writers of Tremors uh, basically got like the rights taken away to make the movies by Universal and oh, they okay. tried to like reboot it themselves and you can tell after the fourth one that it just doesn't have like they tried to like reboot it in a, in a sense that just didn't have the same following. So there's a there's a lot of stuff going on there that Levi knows way more about than what I do, and sure. I probably butchered like half. Nope, of that. that's okay. You just gotta give us the overview of what it so is. So the overview is there's a lot of history there <clears throat> beyond just giant worms that eat you. Okay, so Tremors is not like an earthquake; it's worms. Tremors it follows. It's a monster movie, so okay. uh, you'll have a couple different types of monsters. Uh, your graboids are your big worms underneath. Uh, that's like the original Tremors. Okay. Um, they have like the snake-like tentacled tongues that come out. Sure. Um, most people have seen the first one. It has Kevin Bacon in it. So yeah, I noticed it. I saw some screenshots, and I'm like, well, these are like big-time actors in this mm -hmm. movie, and I don't think I've ever Michael heard Gross, of Michael uh, Gross from. Um, is it Family Ties? See, the older guy is the dad. He's the dad. I, was, I think he played in the movie Summer Catch. Maybe. 
I he, think I know exactly who you're talking about. He was an entourage. Uh, okay. Michael Gross was a pretty famous actor. His uh, character, Burt Gummer, is, is is seen throughout the, the series. Uh, yep. There's a TV series and there's the movie series, seven movies in a series. Yep. Uh, he's throughout that. Uh, Fred Ward, uh, a bigger actor. He was. That's Fred Ward. That's who I was thinking of, Fred Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's who I was thinking of on this. But yeah, okay, we don't have to dive too much into no. that because you know, if you're just going to butcher it because you're not that big into the background of it, I don't know if anybody I, I know Levi can give us a better idea. Levi can give you better information. Yes. yes. But I do remember so the first one was like a big one, and the rest of it kind of was like smaller budgeted. Kind of. Is that how it was? Because you had that'd be, a, that'd be a good way of wording it. Yeah. That they 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 did incredible things with the budgeting that they had. Yeah. Um actually Levi had a, a sit down with like a public sit down with people to like talk about the the movie that they were making. I and think I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Um, and with that, uh, Levi has shared a lot of information, like on the how they shot. Uh, one that comes to mind is the second movie where they they show a reproductive cycle of uh, of a shrieker, which is the graboid that's turned into it has legs. It looks like a dinosaur chicken. Okay. Uh, and basically it. It like regurgitates an egg out, and then that egg has a little shrieker. So what they did though to capture that on film is they they had the same model, but they changed the spacing of the background. Okay. So you can make the the regular size model look smaller by having a bigger background behind it. So there's a lot of tricks that they did to maximize the budget that they had. Sure. What was your guys's budget? Um, I think like $178. Perfect. Very yeah. specific. Most of that was that. for food. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. Don't want to go hungry. So anyways, if you guys you are so inclined to <laughs> feed, your, <laughs> feed your cast. Rule number one, bring food. If you're so inclined to, go check out Levi and his Tremors. Uh, what would you call it? Um, well, the movie's called Tremors Hunting Ground, the one that I'm in. Sure. There's Tremors Far Afield. That's the that's the first of the series and then I don't know where you'd find the first one that Levi did it was um, a back and forth dialogue between two characters cool. uh, technically it falls under the Tremors movie but this series has two movies actually in it right now and it's the second one so um, the Tremors saga lets Levi post a lot of stuff there uh, okay. that's that's where Levi does their uh, weekly podcast the, yes, this, this okay. other podcast lets him lets them use the the platform, the TikTok, and everything. Cool, so, cool. Um, if you look on the Trimmer Saga, you would be able to find a lot of the stuff that Levi posts. Okay, well, shout out to Levi. He's been actually a pretty big supporter of sharing this yes. podcast himself and commenting on things. So, all that always kind of helps out. But, anyways, I want to get back to the wrestling portion. We kind of got off there on a little tangent yes. because you like more of the behind the scenes and maybe yes. writing things. But you were in front of the live audience with me. Obviously, as a manager, your role is going to be a lot smaller little bit of here and there type stuff, which is probably great for you. Mm-hmm. Because I think as we got going, we built up, obviously we have our real friendship outside of wrestling, which built up the whole explosion at the end before you moved away, which is where I came in and you were trying to screw me over and I hit you with a chair and we said goodbye. Yes. That was fun. But leading before that, it was uh, it was so funny because we went with J. Edwards and we had... Basically, what we were all about was trying to make the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. So much so where we had that giant check. 
Yes. <laughs> I don't even know that thing ended up anymore. One of those big giant checks like on Happy Gilmore. Uh, we would try to negotiate better deals, even though I was always losing. But what always happened was I would get very close to winning. And for lack of a better term, your lack of knowledge or stupidity always got in the way of me possibly winning mm-hmm. or I had the win and you were somehow distracting the ref by accident. That was kind of where the whole thing went, which is fine. It was kind of fun. And it's always a lot more fun doing those types of things with your friends. But the whole thing I enjoyed was our the whole blow-up thing that happened at the end. We had a really good reaction when I hit you with the briefcase and then the chair and then fired you. Mm-hmm. That was always a really fun... I, lo- I love that. It just... It was pure gold, I think, because it was about a minute and a half segment at the end of a match, and it really kind of closed the chapter on the on the story of that. Yeah, no, there was uh, definitely some some minor bumps taken throughout my <laughs> short-lived managerial. Yes. What was your? Um, my question is, what did you like about doing that? If you liked anything, and what was your least favorite thing about being the manager, or, or maybe even? Maybe a better question is being in front of a live audience. Because you said that you're not really big into that. You're more of a behind-the-scenes person. I have incredible difficulty when it comes to improv. So mm. if, if you give me a script and tell me to be as close to this as possible or you know, give me a general idea of where I need to go, I'm good with that. Coming up with stuff on the spot with having missing knowledge when it comes to certain terms or the the way that, I mean anybody can watch a a WWE match and like kind of like follow it to a point the way that you're supposed to have a match yep um but the the smaller intricacies that happen within the match uh uh the comeback and yeah. you know all of that that you add together I mean I I did not have that knowledge so you know listening to how things were going to go half the time. I didn't know what you were talking about. Sure. So, uh, and then, then you're like, you know, just like roll off of that. I'm like, I don't know how to roll off of it. Cause I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to carry a briefcase and look intimidating. So <laughs> that was your job. Yeah. I, it, I, it was not a, easy. I, I feel like I was in a different, I don't really feel like it was so much as a manager, like, position because I wasn't coming out like a Jimmy Hart or someone that's going to be a Paul Heyman, a, a mic, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not running the mic. You can run the mic by yourself. Sure. I'm behind the scenes, like kind of like sneaky link and like, you know, sliding weapons into the ring or yep. like sliding my suitcase or my briefcase in there so you can beat someone on the head with it, you know? So that was, you know, a little bit different. Um, not, being the traditional and I, I feel like the promotion kind of got that but also wanted the mic where that's just not me yeah so you like you're more of just acting and that's the whole thing when it comes to wrestling you have to be big and theatrical so doing things subtly doesn't show up as well on a camera right you have to be big theatrical everything just has to be overblown i would say and but didn't we have fake money at one point? We had fake money. Yeah, and people thought it was real, didn't they? Yeah. It kind of fell out of your Yeah. Fell out of your pocket. I think it fell out of your briefcase. And we had some fake money in there. Yeah. That was uh, that was a fun time too doing that. But I think that the thing when you're doing a smaller 
smaller venue, like what you would do, you don't have to be as subtle. I mean, it's if I go up to the ring and I slide my briefcase into the ring, no one's gonna be like, "Oh, where did that come from?" It's like that guy wasn't there. So I was, like, I was, I was there ringside the whole time. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I like. I like doing like subtle things that like if you're paying attention, you're gonna pick up on and be rewarded by. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, you, 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 it's a good way to look at it. I like that. I, I don't like. I don't like being like force fed something. I want to work a little bit at it. Sure. You know, sure. I'm not sitting there like quadriplegic, just like hey, watching, you know, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> watching and wanting them to do everything for me. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not to the point where I'm, I can't help myself, you know, like let me work a little bit to see yep. what's going on. Watch the show. You go to a, a live performance anywhere else, you know, acting, uh, like a stage acting or a concert. There's so much stuff going on besides like the main focus that you, you have to have like head on, head on a swivel, wandering eyes to like pick up on the whole thing. Right. If you just watch the main thing, you'll miss the things that are happening on the side. Right. It's like a magician kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I am. Again, I'm not in the ring. You were in the ring. You had other really talented people that you were in the ring with. So you're the you're the focus. I'm, I've got told from day one, I'm not the focus. I'm just there to make you look good. So sure. being subtle is the best way to make you look good without taking credit myself. Yeah. Well, so I had a viewer question come in um, yeah. from Nick Tool. Shout out to Nick Tool. He says this is his favorite podcast now, and I love that that's the case. But his question was, what has been my favorite match that I've had? And I've been doing this since 2012. My first match was, I think, March 3rd of 13 down in Georgia. Anyways, his question was, what has been my favorite match of all time? I'm going to say Dave and I had um, two matches. Our first one was probably, if I had to think, that one probably was the best between us. And then we had the second one where I jumped off the balcony. Mm-hmm. But I think the first one told a really, really good story because it was our first one uh, where we pulled out all the stops, like old school moves. So the thing is, when it comes to wrestling, you have to tell a good story. And that doesn't mean you have to flop around and bump and do flips to do that either. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell a story by doing simple moves. I mean, case in point, watch Stone Cold. He didn't do flips. He didn't right. do any of that. He flipped you off, but he didn't do flips. <laughs> it's a different story. But anyways, he didn't. He wasn't... Um, as they say, technically, he wasn't a technical wrestler. Right. Um, no, he was a brawler, and but they told a good story. Same with The Rock. The Rock didn't do a whole bunch of flips. He was just good on the mic. But those two together is a fantastic story. So I think the thing with Dave and I was most people in town here in Winona knew or know that we're friends. So it's fun to see two friends go at it, mm -hmm. knowing both sides of it. But I can I can remember that match, and we went through it did you know the normal stuff that you would do. But then after a while, we pulled out old school moves that people from the '80s and '90s know, because you got to know your audience. And the, what I'm going with this is this area. I think for wrestling, you know your old school '80s '90s wrestling. If I had a, if I pulled out a new person's name out there, they wouldn't know that. But you pull out a Hulk Hogan, a Stone Cold, a Rock, right. you know what you're talking about. So we pulled off some of those moves, and it got a huge reaction. And so much so that he did a, he did a Hogan leg drop. I think I did 
the people's elbow, but in a different fashion. Um, I think I did a stunner on him where he spit the beer everywhere. But I can remember we had buddies up on the top balcony. They had a pyramid of beer, just probably at least 30 beer cans just stacked up. And it was really fun because that place was packed with like 120 people. And you know the Black Horse. Right. Not that big of a place. 100 people will make that place look like it's busting at the seams. But I think we had like 120-ish people there back then. And that was probably my favorite match because of the story it told. Even though I think there was a championship on the line at that point. It was EPW at the, at the moment. Uh, I think there was a championship. I eventually got the win. But the whole idea of it, and I can't remember which match it was, where he faked a leg injury. And we had him untie his boot. He untied yep. it, threw it across the ring. And we had, I called for someone to get crutches. Someone brought, I think, brought ice out. Yep. As I went to go get whatever it was, as I turned around, he was playing possum, faked his injury, got up and super kicked me. And that wasn't even the end of the match, but it got a huge reaction. And we actually saw that happen. I mean, I'm sure it's been done multiple times. But the one time I remember it was when we were in training, we had matches every Thursday and someone did that. And I'm like, that was a fantastic idea. And, but you have to sell it. Mm -hmm. So in wrestling, as they say, if you think you're going too fast, slow it down. If you think you're going slow, go even slower. So that being said, you have to do everything. Even though sometimes it looks fast, you have to slow it down to let whatever you just did sink in. So when Dave hurt his ankle, quote unquote, we had to let it set in. I think that whole thing, we sold it for like two minutes straight. Yeah. I was Andre, there that night. Yeah. And Andre, uh, the owner of the Black Horse, was the referee. He's checking on him and all that. And I'm calling for ice. And I'm calling for crutches. <laughs> My dad's like, I believed it at first. But if they would have came out with crutches, <laughs> I would not have believed that. Because <laughs> they did come out with a bag of ice, I believe. Yep. And so anyways, got up, super kicked me. I kicked out of that. And it just told such a fun story. But everyone could understand it. So if you do things that people won't understand, it just won't come off that well. But that was a good one. And then probably my second favorite is probably the part two of that, which is just like what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Part two is when I jumped off the balcony when he had all of his altar boys yep. around the ring, which is a lumberjack match. Another really good story. Everyone knew those lumberjacks around from Winona. So that's what makes it more fun is when people are like, oh, so-and-so is going to be a lumberjack in this match. I want to go see what this is all about. So when you can build it up around the people that you know the community of, it makes it a lot easier. So, Nick, for your question that I'm answering, part one of uh, King David, his name was at the time, uh, that was my favorite match. And probably if I had to do a number two, it would probably be part two. So hopefully that answers your question there. And Nick, you've probably seen the match on YouTube. You can go and watch it anytime you want if you don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's called Chris Steele versus King David. It's at the Black Horse by EPW. So anyways, that answers that question about wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, so the fun part about that is there's no way with wrestling and that the live audience is just something you can't compare to. Right. Whether 100 people or I can only imagine what it's like at WrestleMania, which is coming up around the corner. Well, what getting a reaction like that is like? Because even just getting a reaction of 100 or 200 people, goosebumps. Mm -hmm. can only imagine what it's like if you have 80,000 or 15,000 or whatever watching you. So mm -hmm. that is, I thrive in that kind of atmosphere. But like you said, you were like more of the behind the scenes yeah. kind of person. And that's, that. there's a there's a place for everyone that, want, if you want to be in the industry of, even just 
entertainment. There's something for everyone that mm-hmm. they can do, whether it's the person that's on the screen or whatever it might be, or the people that are running the cameras or writing the scripts like you like to do. Yeah. Because now you are writing, you have a script or a couple that you've written. I, I, I probably have like seven total at this point. I will, I, we did that. Um, what was the one? I don't know if you can discuss it even, but if yeah, you can, I can, I can discuss it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe we should do a reading from it. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'd have to we'd have to whip something out here. But well, we well maybe they'll have to stick around for part two or three part or whatever two. it is. Part two. Uh, yeah. Available so next you, week. <laughs> tune in the following week. Tune in next week. So you have um, you've written yeah. seven scripts. Yeah, at least. The first one is the one that you are submitting. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so contest. Uh, so back when I worked at Slumberland, this would have been many, many moons ago. Um, Not that many, like 10 years. Uh, Longer? Yeah. Okay. I started off at Slumberland probably close to 15 years ago. That's 2009. No, you didn't. Okay, so 13 <laughs> years ago. How was your first cruise was 15 years ago? It was 2010, 2011. One of okay. The two. So close. All right. All right. So... Uh, Sometime when I was working there, I started like having like uh, just the idea of like it was when certain movies like Employee of the Month, uh, Grandma's Boy, you know, like those were like really like popular. I mean, they they were older. I love those. But yeah, like that type of comedy movie, and I'm like, you could totally do that with like with like furniture. (laughs) So that's what I I did. I I wrote it. I wrote that comedy, so I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be submitting that to a uh, a screenwriting competition this spring. Okay, and what is the what's the competition called? Oh, it's like the Page International Screenwriting Competition. Okay, Something. and uh, is there is there first, second, third place? How's there are several places. Uh, there's so there's different categories. So you have you know like a drama versus a thriller, sci-fi, comedy, okay. action movie, um, and then you have different categories where you have uh, a, a a TV pilot versus a. a a feature film. So, I mean, there's different categories. There's different lengths of scripts, short stories, you know, I mean, a short story is not going to have the same depth and everything as a, a feature film, obviously. Pilots are there to leave a lot left on the table because you want to write a whole series, sure. uh, at least a season about it. So, I mean, there's different categories, but you have the different genres. Uh, there's going to be uh, eight different uh, genres that uh, are going to have a first, second, third prize. So, okay. 24 so total. What are you submitting yours in? What's the genre? I would be a feature film comedy. Feature film comedy. Yes, I and believe there's... I'm at 100... And two pages, I believe, is what my script is. And so you want to be over ninety pages for a for a feature film. Okay. Uh, if you if you did a a minute of film per per page, that's that's an hour and a half film. But you you will have pages that dialogue, you know, just dialogue back and forth will go by super fast. Other like montage shots are going to take longer. Uh, Tremors Hunting Ground that we just did, I think we did fifteen pages that turned out to be. 51 minutes 50 some minutes yep so i mean it doesn't carry <clears throat> over exactly there's only 15 of, pages it was only 15 pages gosh i feel like you just zip through it'd be like done in a half hour 
I mean, if you took it just like the dialogue without all the special right. effects shots, you do you add a lot of meat to a to a film by adding those extra shots that okay. you don't write in. I mean, they're just there. Yeah. Okay. So you had what 102? You said? I think right around that. And what would be considered? What's considered a feature film? How many ninety pages? Anything over ninety. Usually. Anything over ninety. Okay. So within that category of a feature film comedy, mm-hmm. you have a chance between first, second, third. Well, I, I mean, it's there's thousands of people in right. Here, no, so that's what you're I, I shooting, am shooting for, to place. Yes, uh, I would be happy with any of them. The the awards that they they give out, a lot of them are are made to find screenwriters like me that don't have representation. They don't have um, a job in Hollywood, but they have good ideas. So, sure. uh, they part of all the prizes allow you to um, get, you know. Um, Pitches, that's what ah, I was looking for. Pitch, pitches yeah. towards uh, major studios, okay. Uh, that you can you can pitch your idea to them. So let, okay, I want to just go off of the prizes. Yeah. So there's first, second, third place yep. that you can shoot. So for. third place is a third place is a two hundred fifty dollar cash prize. Okay. And then there's other there's other things that come with it. And oh, there is. Yep. So okay. a lot of it they're trying to get you to uh, take advantage of uh, better software, other programs that they offer. So uh, a lot of those are sponsors as well. So uh, I think a lot of the prizes include so many free months of certain software for for screenwriting, and, All right. and then you get like the pitches to go uh, even third place. I believe so. Okay. Second place is a five hundred dollar cash prize. First place is a thousand. Uh, grand prize would pit all of the first people, first place finishers against each other. So you'd have like your thriller and your drama, your comedy, oh, all against each other for the best one. Yep. Grand prize is twenty five grand. So if you won the whole thing together, it's twenty five. And then all of those other like subsidy prizes that they have. So like the the free trials or the free usage of the the programs or the pitches, all of that gets exponentially bigger. So yep. uh, I th- I think you get like eight pitches. So is the big idea is I mean obviously you want to win, but then get the pitching of the ideas. Is that like I'd the better like to, of all of it? I mean I'm. I feel really good about this. Not to like have hubris or anything. I don't have a. I mean, I, I took a college writing class in my freshman year, so yeah. I don't have a lot of like background <laughs> with it. I'm not a professionally trained writer, but I mean, I would like to just get some type of recognition, even if I don't place. Like, if they're like, this was like a really good script. I mean, we had better options that yours just didn't make it, or it just didn't. Comedy's tough because what somebody thinks is funny, somebody will be offended by. Or somebody won't think it's funny. I mean, you can go back and forth with anybody about pretty much any, like, comedian that's out there. Yeah. Uh, Some comedy is just not for certain people. A lot of people... just can't resonate with certain people and any any number of you give me any comedian there's gonna be somebody that doesn't like them um i'm not a big fan of jonah hill or danny mcbride um i just don't like that style um there's people that didn't really care for like the jim carrey like ace ventura style like that over the top yep you know it's just not for some people and you have we went and saw dane cook right yep Okay. We saw Dane Cook. Yeah, yeah, Dane Cook. Yeah, we saw him live. I mean, like, that type <clears throat> of comedy is not for everybody. Right, yeah. Uh, 
Matt Reif is a perfect example that some people just absolutely love that guy, but yep. some people can't stand him. So I get that. I get that for sure. Some, I would I would love to be acknowledged, recognized, even if I don't win a cash prize or special stuff. Be like, hey, you had a really good premise, a really good screenplay, but we had better options that were more universally accepted. Sure. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you would know that you did something right, possibly. Right. Um, so the next question I have is. When it comes to the pitches, mm-hmm. do you know who you're able to pitch this to if you win, or I just don't kind of know anonymous? that much about it. I okay. know that there's certain there's certain um, competitions you can get into that'll tell you exactly which studios are reading your scripts. Oh, okay. um, but again, I don't really know. I don't even know who I would pitch it to. It would have to be. It would have to be, I don't know, somebody that. It's almost more like I'd have to find somebody who I wrote the story envisioning playing one of my characters. Sure, yeah. And then like try to like go to that person directly and be like, hey, so-and-so, I thought you would be perfect for this character. Uh, and then, you know, everybody like executive produces their own stuff anymore. Like find somebody like, here's a script for you. And then, oh, yeah, I love it. I could see myself playing that character. I know people. We'll make this happen type of thing. Um, what When you think about your script compared to other mm-hmm. types of comedy or even movies, what would you compare it to then, maybe? I mean, mine, I feel so like... Sort of a movie that comes to mind, like, yep, yeah, it reminds me of that. I mean, Employee of the Month is probably one that I stand by I love that movie. I love that movie. I think it's so funny. And there's the people that just hate that movie. I mean, anyone that... I mean, pretty much anyone that has done blue-collar work should relate to my movie. Okay. Lush but also, there's other things. Uh, okay, so you you wanted to sit here and read things, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of the of the movie that uh, going back to Joe. Joe just loves this. It's like this is like the best gag ever. And Joe is Molly's husband. And Joe's Molly's husband. And we'll talk more about her in the canning process. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, Joe's been a friend for a long time, but Joe loves this one this one gag that I do, which. If you've ever been driving through a parking lot and you're trying to find the closest spot and you find one that's open and you get ready to pull in, but all of a sudden there's a sign there that says, oh, sorry, this is for expecting mothers or this is handicap or this is for this person or that person. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, everyone's been there. There's one at Dick's Sporting Goods that says uh, for expecting mothers or employee of the month. Maybe it's the same person sometimes. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> I've done self-checkout know. enough in my life. I am the employer <laughs> of the month. The, the big thing now is online order pickup. That, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Those things take up all those spots. Yeah. Like, I, I want to get close, but I can't park here because of the... So one oh, of my running it. gags in the first movie is uh, they're trying to get to, like, a Walmart-sized store, and they, like... They get ready to pull in. They're like, oh, no, sorry, that's handicapped. I can't pull in there. So they go around. They're like, well, this one's for expecting mothers. I'm like, okay, well, this is for, this is for new mothers. I'm like, well, shouldn't they just have the same sign? And then uh, this is for, like, World War II vets. And then this is for, like, senior citizens. So like, well, that should be the same sign, too. I mean, I mean not saying <laughs> yeah. that, like, war vets shouldn't get one. But the, the way the screenplay words it is, the senior citizen spot was actually closer than the World War II vet spot. So it's like, well, maybe like, you should just take the senior citizens. You, you, you right. qualify for both here. And then it gets like even more and more like outrageous. Like one of them says, like, this spot is for vehicles weighing such and such weight or under. And like, that's a really specific weight. I think I ended <laughs> on like an odd number, like a three or something. Like, not like an even number. It's like a very specific like number. I can't remember it off. Gotcha. Okay, I see. 
and then uh, well, better not park there. And then they, they find one like this is for like uh, for Amish horse and buggies. And like, I'm just going to park here because no one's going to park here. So they run in, they grab their stuff, they come out. And then there's a guy, an Amish guy, a horse and buggy <laughs> waiting for that spot because that's his spot. And then they're like, sorry, I was just looking for the spot for the guy that wants a snow shovel. And the Amish guy points over to the next aisle over and there's a sign that says for the guy that just wants a snow shovel. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So you see these things kind of coming, you know. At, oh, yeah. It kind of reminds always, me of, yeah. It, it always of, comes right back to, like, the spot that's a very specific weight. Like, they park their truck, and they're walking in the building. They hear a big crash. Okay. Because a car pulled in that spot, and it was overweight as a sinkhole. Oh. So <laughs> you get me over that weight, and then he was, and pff, crash. I see. So, yeah, that, that's, um, you know what that kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of certain sitcoms, like comedy sitcoms. Yeah. A little bit, because you see it coming. And then it happens. It just happens right, yep. right away. Yep, it happens like right away, or they come right back to it pretty quick. And so like everything, it's all all of my stories are like full circle. So I don't like to leave like a lot of stuff out there. And even you the mean first things like hanging at the end. Yeah, the, I hate like, that too. I hate that. I hate like not like knowing things. So like there's like a running gag in the first one. Uh, about uh, the mall put like up a sign that says they're looking for like a guy that's pooping in urinals, which I just thought would be like a weird situation. Like you've seen it before. Everybody that's worked like in a place with a bathroom just, just back into it. You just back into it and you give her hell. You know, the people are pooping in urinals. So like I, that's a throwaway line in the movie. And then at the very end, I like. There's like a like a like a thank you note from from one of the characters to another, and it's like a P.S. You know this this and this, and then like oh by the way. I was a urinal shitter. <laughs> so it's like, it's like the one that you think, like, oh, that one's like going to get away. We're not going to come back to it. It's like right there at the end. It's like, by the way, I was doing that. Oh, that, you know, that reminds me of, then when you say that, that reminds me of like when a comedian stand-up comes back to that joke somewhere yeah. beginning-ish, and he comes and ties it all back in at the end. The very yeah. end, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So then of all of your screenplays that you've written, you say you've written seven, do you feel that's your best one then? It's definitely my most polished. Most polished, okay. I don't know if it's my best. Some of your other ones maybe have just like quick writes or something? Or? Well, I've, I've, I can write one in like three or four days. When I was watching your house and Jake, when you were on your 2020 yeah. cruise, I believe. Yeah. Just before the vid. Yeah, just before the vid. Uh, I sat there while you, I wrote a whole one while you were on That's vacation. right, you did. I think you were sending me photos. Yeah, so I mean, I can write one in three or four days. I can get the ideas down. Yeah. It's not perfect. I can't write a perfect script right away. Um, you know, I'm still making adjustments on this one. I started like 12 years ago, um, finding ways to word things that sound better in your head. Like it sounds good when you write it, but then you try to like say it and it just doesn't flow the right way. Okay. So, um, one of them, um, was actually, uh, they're trying to deliver, an 18-foot wide sectional into a, a mobile home that's only 15-foot wide, right. and they make a comment, a throwaway comment. They're like, ah, we're not going to get this sectional into this Carfax of a home. And <laughs> this Carfax of a home. And you get it. I get it. But yeah. Molly didn't. Molly didn't understand what that meant. So uh, I ran it past Lana. Lana understood what it meant. I ran it past somebody else, and he's like, okay, I know what Carfax is, but I'm not quite getting it, but I kind of do now that you explained it. I don't want to have to explain jokes in a movie. That yeah, You're right about that. You don't want to. I mean, even if you go back sometimes now into old shows, you'll go back and watch something and be like, oh, I know what that meant because it was 
at the time you it was popular, but now it, you would if a kid watched it or right. someone of this generation they wouldn't understand it. So I get what you're saying on that because one of the first comments you made one time to my dad, I think, you said something about because you grew up in a trailer, mm-hmm. and you said something. Oh, it came with the Carfax or something. You got an emergency brake underneath the sink. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's comments like that that we yeah. can that we can laugh about. It's inside jokes, and a lot of my stuff is inside jokes. Uh, and that's or, tough because you gotta explain it then. Unless I mean, some <sighs> Carfax though, like. So anyway, what if you don't we, know if you've never bought a car, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and just not relating like the two that like a mobile home has wheels underneath. They take the right. wheels off, but um, <laughs> they take the wheels off. Yeah, yeah but uh, no. So um, we ended up changing that uh, to uh, instead of saying this Carfax of a home is this Hot Wheels house. Okay, well, everyone knows what a Hot Wheels is. Everyone knows what a Hot Wheels is. So, I don't know, man. I like the Carfax. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a car guy, so I understand it and I get it. Yeah, so. Hot Wheel, I mean, I'm not thinking of a mobile home as a Hot Wheel. But it's kind of like a chintzy little toy, too. So, I mean, this die cast of a house. I don't know. know. We're not. We're not gonna. This is not the correct environment to start trying to change something. Nah, we won't do that. Years. Spitball. But no, things like that. You know, like I I end up rewording some of my own lines just because I read it out. Actually, I was trying to like read it to Lana, and I just I couldn't get the words out myself. So I had to reword it in a way that I could say it, which I don't have the best like speaking ability of everybody anyway. So, you know, if if I can't say it, then I'm not expecting someone else to say it. But if I can, then someone else should be able to. Yeah. So how did you um when it comes to writing it? Is there software you have to download? I, I use or? I use Studio Binder. What is that? It's a script writing uh, software. So what do you do? Plug in the character, 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 and then you just so enter it's, it in. So it's or? a it's a tiered deal. It's kind of like doing uh, like like a what what do you call it when you do like bullet points yep, where you right. like you you tier it so you have like your big bullets and you go in the next line and okay so it's kind of like that you start off with your scene and you like say like where you're at is it like, what time is it are you inside outside uh, and then your next like line would be any like action details so like what's okay. going on with the scene so like you'd start off saying oh we're in a furniture store during the day inside and then it says so and so is walking through a furniture store and then he comes across a chair and then like the dialogue would start where you choose your actor and then from there you have different like sub options with that that you can add to the dialogue so gotcha okay let's say that his phone rings and his wife's calling him and he can like and pick up the phone and then you can have wife dialogue by putting like off screen as like a note that you can hear her talk but you don't see her because she's off screen sure so does it make it when you um i'm assuming you printed it out yeah okay so does it make it look real clear cut when you oh yeah so then because we've read yeah oh yeah yeah that's right so it looks like that it looks just like that. all right so i I didn't know if you had just like word processor and then you just made it look like no actually you can't you can't like uh take it from the website to like a Microsoft Word that doesn't carry over. Like no, that. what I was saying is I thought maybe you just opened up Microsoft Word and just made it look. It like would that. be a. It would take a lot more time. That's what I kind of figured. So it's already kind of structured for you then. Yeah, that's so nice. You just tab through basically. You like yep. you, you start a scene. You write the scene. You write some action with the scene. You write some dialogue. It allows you to bounce back and forth. If you want to express something like this character is really angry or annoyed, you can like put notes 
underneath of like the yep. character's name. Like, you, I want you to read this this line. Like, you're really annoyed. Um, so it, I remember we did a read through. That was fun. Yeah, it's weird though. If you've never read it yet, just reading it, and then you can't really get any expressions because you're trying to figure out what's being mm -hmm. said. But it was kind of fun doing that. So that's the one you're submitting, right? That's the one I'm submitting. And we read through that one, well, probably five years ago. Yep, four, four or five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. I remember you came. And that, that went over so well. That's when I wrote the second. That's when you were on vacation. Was that the one about the cruise ship? The cruise ship is number three. Ah, it's number three. So you're submitting this one. Yep. How did you... Okay, so you said you're submitting to the certain one. Is yep. there other contests out there? There's for, a lot of contests out so there. So how come not do all of them? Oh, it costs money. It costs money. Yeah. Is it okay? I mean, this is—it's not bad. If I wanted feedback, it would cost me a hundred and like sixty, hundred and seventy dollars, and they'll give you feedback on it. The way I look at it is, I'm not going to be spending a lot of time and effort into that. Sure. Like I'm, I'm not gonna just give up my job to be a writer. Okay. Yeah. So we gotta make some money first. Right. <laughs> so I want to see if it. I want to see if 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 it's received well. If someone's like, yeah, that's a really cool idea. I like the way you write. I like your jokes. You're funny. Let's let's do something. Um, because if if it's good enough that someone recognizes that and acknowledges it, whether I place or not, again, like yeah, sorry, we couldn't place you because. You throw out a couple words in here that we don't want to put in our movies, type of thing, which I, I, I use some questionable language. That's <laughs> um, okay. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, like, yeah, we, we can't take it. We can't let you place, but we really like it. This, this studio is interested. Something like that. I'd yep. be cool with that. And then whenever I talk to, like, that person, I'm going to say, by the way, this is a trilogy, and I have two other ones that aren't, like, fully polished, but I have the ideas. I know, sure. where, I, know where I want to take these characters throughout the next 10 years of their movie life. So of these types of... When you talk about writing the movie, and you talk about what kind it is, is this your favorite genre of movie to watch? Or is there a genre that you like better, you just love writing this type? I feel like I'm better at writing comedy. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm, you do I'm, have a... You have... Ever since I've known you, you'll throw in some witty humor every so often. And that's like the thing I can't do. I'm not good at throwing in witty humor for some odd reason. And then if I do think it's witty, I'm already laughing at myself before I say right. it, it, which it's, is tough. It, comedy's scary. Anyone can write a drama. You can write, the dog got ran over and my mom died and I'm sad. You know, that's Damn. drama. You know, yeah. you know, anyone can like make you sad. Yep. And whether it really hits you or not is where a good writer comes in. But anybody can write a sad story. Sure, sure, sure. Comedy is it's it's scary because it's you're putting yourself out there to the point that I'm gonna say what's on my mind right now, and I will tell you right up that it's not always correct. It's not politically correct all the time. Well, that's what comedy is, though, because it's good. like you said earlier, Yeah, it could offend someone. Yeah, absolutely. It would so, offend one person. Someone else, such as probably myself or you, are going to be just laughing to high heaven about that. Right, and you can't always, you won't please everybody, but you can't always guarantee that you're not going to offend somebody, and that's no. like the worst. Like, is someone going to cancel me because I made a racist joke or something like that. And they're right, like, yeah. that's not who I am. I'm not like a racist person, but I'll, I'll throw a line out there that I'll get laughs out of. Right. You know, it's, yep. it's not like that's who I am, but you see something in situational comedy, like, Oh, look at that. And then 
people are going to laugh. Right. You know, the one thing I always think about is when you're hearing comedy, whether it's stand-up, whether it's a movie, whatever it is, if you ever go off of stereotypes, and this is where mm -hmm. I'm going with this, is when you talk about stereotypes, you're either going to get a laugh or you're going to offend someone. Right. Because even if it's about white people, like there's funny things about white people that are very stereotypical. Yeah. Um, and the same thing is true for probably many other races, and it's going to get a laugh one way or the other, but could also piss someone off big time. And yeah. so you're right about comedy. That is one where you, there's there's gray areas in there that maybe everyone will find hilarious, but then there's a boundary of possibly stepping over that, and you could really offend everyone, who knows, but you said earlier, just a little bit ago here, anybody can write a sad story, and you're probably right. Anybody can write a sad story, very basic, but then it's getting to those details about how can you get someone emotionally invested into that. I mean, I feel like, Comedies are probably one of the hardest genres to write. Yeah. Well, like something that's going to, how many comedies are out there that we think are hilarious that are essentially, they would never get made today. American Pie, that whole series would never get made today. You think so? I don't. I'm thinking about, I think Hangover 1 is one of those. For yeah. Sure. Th there's movies out there that like we hit a golden era of comedy movies. Oh, I know. I love them. You will not see anymore. And like trying to like find that that happy medium to capture that comedy and something that's not going to be canceled later. Yeah. That's tough to do. Again, dramas, I mean, you can take like a sad story or emotionally investing story and you can you can ride that out and they've been yeah. doing it for hundreds of years. Sure. Um Comedy, again, you look at something that like a Shakespearean comedy versus an early 90s comedy versus a comedy today, that is completely different. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, action, you know, action movies, some of, the, are the, some of them are the worst movies ever. Like the storyline is terrible, but you put a big name and give them a gun or a car. Hell yeah. You know, any of those, like the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, they're not like bad movies by any means, but the writing has just gone terribly bad. I mean, yeah. they started off street racing, then they had tanks and they went to space. And then like sci-fi, same thing. Sci-fi is tough too, because you're always going to get someone that's smarter than you telling you what's wrong. Uh, Case in point, when they did the re-release of Titanic, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson had told James Cameron that one of the scenes when Rose was on the the door by herself looking at the stars, he's like, yeah, that's not the right star field that you would see at that time of oh the year. Oh, my gosh. So, Some people looking into it too much then and not just appreciating it. I love it. continuity. I love accuracy. So, like, to me, I'm like, that's cool. Like, no, I suppose. Yeah, you know, if you're going to do something and make it accurate, you might as well do it right. Um, yeah, those just, I think that's just something that's, like, overlooked. You know, it just, it, you yeah. didn't think about it. And you get a lot of that. Uh, so I'm, I'm a stickler for continuity. Uh, I don't like things being, like, left out in the open where you don't follow back on it. If you throw something out there, you should finish that thought. Right, yep. I don't care if you finish it in the first movie or the last movie. Lions are a very big thing, overarching theme throughout my entire trilogy that I wrote. All right, lions, huh? You don't, you don't, you don't like, wrap it up in the first one, but you wrap it up in the last one. Okay. And it's just kind of, like, out there. Uh yeah, I'm the kind of person that like, if you, if I pay to watch a movie, I don't want to go home with questions. I want you to wrap that up. I don't want it to just blank credits. And I, I like, want to know. 
I like stories that you can do a trilogy or you can do multiple, like a saga, two movies, sequels. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter how many you do. But as long as you, like, have a complete story, I don't like the the cliffhanger at the end that, like, you're, you're going to take a three-hour movie and then you're going to throw it with something at the end that's going to prevent you from finishing that story to add five minutes to the next movie. I don't like that. Sure. And sure. that's pretty much how they are. I mean, you think of, like, any of the big... Um, sequels that leave you on a cliffhanger, which you might not know the Marvel movies as well, but um, nope, like the Avengers, like back to back Infinity War Endgame, they left you on a really terrible cliffhanger, and they pretty much summed that up within the first ten minutes of the next movie. Like they could have, oh, so they didn't drag it out. They just left you on a cliffhanger, and then they already wrapped it up within the beginning of the I next mean, movie. Kinda? The story of the next one is sure. based upon that, but okay. I mean, they wrap up that cl that cliffhanger could have been wrapped up within ten minutes of more shooting. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I, I mean, they bring you back for the next one, but I don't like that. I don't want to wait two, three years to find out like what happened here. Like, have it have a complete thought. If you want to add more to it later and elaborate further, go ahead. But have a full story. Don't gotcha. don't just keep dragging me along. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I like that, and it's crazy that you got into this, which I think is cool because, I mean, I got into the podcast mm -hmm. and things, so you're just kind of like taking a chance and trying something new that you don't even maybe even know you're doing it well or right until maybe someone gives you some recognition, which you're hoping for, hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's really all I'm hoping for. Yeah. And if I don't get any, then I don't. I hate to say like I'm going to be a one-and-done type of person. I'll probably do it on my own. Well... I'll write things that we can film ourselves. Like it was fun doing the whole movie shooting with. Oh, Levi I'm and sure. Caitlin. I would love to be in one. Uh, I you're, love. You're that going game. to be. No. Yes. Spoiler. You heard it here, guys. Spoiler alert. I'm going to be in a Tremors movie. You are. That you were writing. Yeah, Shifting Sands. So you're writing this one I'm by yourself, this. or yeah. are you doing it with anybody else? Does Levi have anything to do with it, or is I mean, it just I will you? always defer to Levi when it comes to Tremors to make sure that I'm being just for ideas. For no, for continuity. Make oh. sure that I'm. Gotcha. My gotcha. ideas are within the Tremors verse per se. I, I don't want to go off and do something crazy without having precedent there okay. to cover my thoughts. Yep. One of them, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write two. The first one, we're going to do a destination shoot up here because I happen to know someone that has a boat. So I don't know. Who's someone that? that has a boat that wants to be in a movie. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who that would no be. no idea who that could be. Uh, but no, so doing that... Uh, is one thing, but my thought is I, so I, I want to write a story about the Graboids, the big worms, but uh, you always see them in, in the desert and sand, and that's what's going to happen in mine. Ah, also, so your dad's going to be in it, too. Going to go to Latch Island or what? I'm thinking like one of the one of the backwater areas. <laughs> one of the backwater islands. We'll, we'll see. We have to have sand. Sounds good to me. I mean, I, mean, I, I love, that was the one thing about wrestling, mm -hmm. going back to wrestling. I didn't realize, and I think I've, touched on this on a previous episode i didn't realize i loved acting until i got into wrestling and i said this can't remember who i said it to it might have been on the one by myself that i was just talking about how i got into this but had i known what i know now i probably would have went to school for acting and film yeah and i didn't know that until i actually went out and started doing things and i don't know if anything would have changed with you if you would have went to i don't know film school or writing it, because of what you like now, I, mean, I don't know if that was something you even liked back in college. Because I remember back in college, you were into like 
geology or well yeah i mean i, I still I mean, love, you still uh, are mo- mostly astronomy i mean oh, earth, earth so science yeah. was was the major so i covered geology astronomy and meteorology yeah. and i mean all of those aspects are still like really important <clears throat> to me that i saw an outcropping on my way up here that i happened to go on a field trip to uh oh, cool. back at you and I. i'm like oh i remember going right there and banging on a rock <laughs> Uh, ding, ding, ding. You know, looking at like the weather, like we were talking about the wind blowing on the river. Like I've never seen that before. So oh, I mean, yeah. all of those things are very pertinent still in my life. And the astronomy has, I mean, I, I don't know the individual names of stars as well as I used to, which happens. I'm sure that you can't remember exactly everything that you were taught with your, no. with your degree as well. Nope. I um, know a, I know a class that was useless for me, reading books. Yeah. I have not yet used anything in that class or even remember much about that class besides read a book, take a test next week. And that was all it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I went to school for physical education. I'm like, why is what is this book reading thing all about? This is seems like it's for a literature class, but it's part of it's part of the curriculum that I had to go through. So it was what it was. But um, last thing I want to touch on before we end part one. Because mm-hmm. we're already at an hour 45. This right. is going to come out the week after the Super Bowl has happened. Okay. Who you got winning? <laughs> Chiefs 49ers. I know you said you don't really care about it, and that's oh. okay. I just want to hear who you think is going to win. Not who you want, who you think. There's only if two teams, to, so no, don't think too hard. I, <laughs> I, we're going to cover conspiracies later. But yes, I love me a good conspiracy theory. I, I've been saying this for years. I think I've told you this years ago, too. I feel like the NFL scripted, and they're talking more and more about it, and they have more and more evidence that it could be coincidental. It's probably coincidental, but there's a good chance. Like, Have you seen the, the video of the ref uh, like swatting the ball out of a ball runner's hand? I don't think I've seen that. It was, it, it, so it was, it was a wide out, I believe, that he was on a, a route, he caught the ball. All of a sudden, the ref's like running right with him, and his running motion, his uh, arm hits the ball out of the receiver's hands, and it's recovered by the defense. Conspiracy theory. I feel like, like the Chiefs are going to win. I, I would think that, but I'm not going off a of conspiracy theory. I don't know if you were either. I just think they're oh. going to because – They've been there. It's just like Tom Brady when he was with the Patriots. Yep. They could have had a crappy season, but they made it all the way there, and they're probably going to win because they've been there before. No, so I'm going to take your your thought process there and take you to Tom Brady with the Bucks. That's a that's a story. He went from the Patriots to the Bucks, a team that hadn't won, like gone to right. the playoffs, yep. has doesn't have the wins that the Patriots do. He brought Gronk with them. Yep. And they did a little bit of tweaking, and they won the Super Bowl. That was a cool year, too. I love that. It was like a fun year. It's a year. story. I it, know. I, I feel like the stories, I mean, they just they over-dramatize everything anyway. Yep. But this year, it's the T-Swift Jason Kelsey. Or no, I Travis mean, Kelsey, sorry. If it's going to have a storybook ending, it's got to end with they win, Travis Kelsey's MVP, proposes to Taylor Swift, it's the biggest storyline in sports this year. It makes probably him a lot more money because she's already making more than him, is my assumption. And it's a great publicity stunt if it doesn't work out. 
but you'll still remember the Super Bowl because of that. But going along with, I'm going back to actually just the skill level. I think that they have the skill and the um, knowledge of we've already been here. The underdog of Brock Purdy is really kind of a cool thing in my mind. If you have an underdog story, you got Patrick Mahomes making, what, $500 million in 10 years, and you have Brock Purdy on a rookie contract of making like $800,000 this year. So we have this huge difference. That's kind of neat too, but... I mean, I like the Iowa tiebacks with the 49ers. I oh, that's right. He was a, a Cyclone, Iowa State, right? yeah. yeah. And then you're George Iowa Kittle. Guy? Is well, he the, an Iowa State guy too? George Kittle, I believe, was Iowa. Oh, I see. I hate the 49ers with a passion. There is no team that I hate more than the 49ers. Really? Yeah. And you're a Packer fan. You don't hate the Packer you fan. don't hate the Vikings as much. <laughs> <laughs> Who can hate the Vikings? They never win. <laughs> you know, all I gotta do is give my gun. They <laughs> shoot themselves in the foot, <laughs> and they probably send that guy out to kick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not worried as about the Vikings. As a Vikings fan, that's still funny. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's great for the Lions. I mean, they had a they had a good year. I, mean, I was. I don't. I don't care about the Lions. I don't care about was, the Bears. I wanted uh, Eminem Taylor Swift Super Bowl. That would have been cool. That would have been neat. And because of the fact that Detroit has never been there. But okay, so then I go back to that. You you talk about the script and it's scripted. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have like the Lions get there? Because you you have the rematch. This yeah, is, this is a four-year-ago rematch. Is even that great of a rematch? If you look at the wider spectrum, think of it. it What's was the wider spectrum? It was an election year four years ago. Oh, okay. It was a Trump-Biden election year Here we go again. four years ago. Here we go. 49ers, oh, Chiefs. Oh, my gosh, conspiracies. I hope you got better conspiracies other oh, than yeah. just this. We, we got more. We'll have to make that a part three or something. Yeah. Well, anyways, I it, we're at almost an hour and fifty. All right. So let's cut this off because we will be back next week. Next week with part number two, and again, Justin has brought up a couple Dubuque beers from their breweries down there. Seven yep. Hills being one of them, and the OG, which that was rough, but that it was went a tough down. start. But this one's really good. I like this one. It's I wish a, we had more time to drink more of these, but we do, just not on camera. Okay, we'll we have plenty of time to do that. You're staying the night. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thank Same you again for. <laughs> Stay tuned next week. We've been drinking at 5 a.m. in the morning. Not yeah. just messing with you. Uh, so, anyways, I want to thank Justin for coming on up for part one. This has been really fun talking about how we met, cruises, cruises, a little bit of wrestling, but then tying that wrestling into your love for screenwriting, which comes down mm -hmm. to acting, which I like to do. And I think that's how we complement each other so well. But again, we tie it all back to our love for brewery beers. And you brought up some really good ones. One that was nuts. I don't know. It, it, it's a it, story. It's a story for sure. <laughs> watch the first 10 minutes of this, and you'll watch us just trying to get the foam out of <laughs> it. Trying to drink it is a <laughs> challenge. <laughs> so anyway, stay tuned next week for part number two with my good friend, Best man as well. He's the other co-best man along with Brett Hurley that was on on an earlier episode. But we will be back next week with more stories and new beers. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.